You've reached Intricity 101. All right, we're on. So um, super excited to have everybody here with us on Data Sharks. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about something that we've been waiting for for a while that we're, we're excited to discuss. Um, uh, we're, we're interviewing the CEO of Truelty. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Zero to one. I'm yeah, ready yeah, for zero, questions. Zero to one. Um, so, so let's give a little bit of, uh, and, and I did get a lot of messages from folks like, did you change companies? You know, what's, what's happened? Um, I've gotten the so, same, Jared. I've gotten questions from people. Did Jared change jobs? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no, it's just uh, we didn't have enough going on, so we decided to spin a few more plates. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's a three-ring circus. So, you know, exactly. if Cirque du Soleil can do it, why can't uh, Jared? Exactly. So we, we've uh, we've created uh, Truelty, which we're, we're really excited about. Um, and and we'll, we'll talk about it today. Um, and just just talk about kind of what brought us to it uh, and needing to do this. Um, and, and we'll give it a little bit of a history. So let's let's describe the problem first. Um, and uh, so Arcady, tell us like what are some of the problems that we were encountering that sort of got this in our heads? So almost 10 years ago now, we, we're focused on solving data science problems. So one of the problems that we were focused on solving is customer lifetime value. So customers came to us and said, we've got all of this transactional data. We wanna get better at marketing, targeted marketing. And so we wanna understand how do we understand who our best customers are? And there's quite a bit of science behind this. There's work that's been done at Wharton, there's work that's been done even before that that helps with predictive customer lifetime value. So it's not the same CLV that everybody does, which is take average sales by category or by segment, divide it based on transactions and get a number. This actually does it at the customer grade. Right. And the problem, and that's where the problem is, because we need to know that this is an individual customer. We have to be able to take Jared Hillam, Jay Hillam, and all the permutations that, of how you might appear across systems. It might be an e-commerce system. It might be a brick and mortar store. It might be mm-hmm. a marketing system in which you appear. It might be a mobile app in which you appear. And the problem is we would have five Jareds in the data set. Yep. And so when we run a CLV calculation, if, if we don't solve the problem, we don't know that Jared is actually the same individual across all five of these individuals right and so that's where the problem starts anytime you want to do true data science you want to do true uh, modeling machine learning predictive modeling regression modeling you've got to have good data and Mm -hmm. this is no exception yeah and i would even say just in in your day-to-day analytics you know like if you were to ask how many customers we have just a basic ask from that um, well, the, how many customers, you know, how many vendors, how many right. uh, um, items, how many, you know, whatever, whatever that might be, uh, we don't know because a lot of times the data is duplicated across multiple systems, especially mm-hmm. if you're a, a multinational or if you've got, you're running multiple ERPs, multiple marketing systems, multiple CRMs, uh, mm-hmm. those are all examples. And it's not a problem of master data management. It's a very different problem in that we're not looking to collapse the records into one golden record. 
We right. want to know that there are five versions of Jared and they all represent the same individual. I don't right. want to eliminate the knowledge of where and which systems you've come from because I still want to be able to understand that, that data. And so I need to be able to, and here's the term that we'll use, I need to do identity resolution. I need to resolve to know that Jared Hillam is the same individual across five or 10 or 20 uh, records in, in, in the way that you might appear across those systems. I was, I was explaining this to a friend of mine because uh, he had seen this LinkedIn update and he's like, he's like, you know, like, why would you have multiple versions of you? And I, and, um, you know, ultimately when you think about, uh, your interaction with an organization, you know, you're interacting with a lot of channels and, and the presumption that everybody makes is that these channels sort of all come together at some point. Well, they do, but they don't necessarily auto merge you. <laughs> you know, it's no, that's right. no, there's no magic there that says that, oh yeah, this is the same person. And that's, that's really what Truelty is, is it's doing that, you know, auto merge, not, not necessarily collapsing the records, but showing that, you know, the version of you that called the call center and the version of you that, you know, interacted with the ad uh, is the same person. Right. And, and, uh, he was like, well, I, I didn't even realize that those were like completely different systems or stored in separate data, uh, systems. Uh, so this, you know, this is, and, and this is a problem that, you know, is basically pervasive across every organization. They, they all have to deal with this problem, um, no matter how you're, you're, you're going at it. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, if you look at this at an individual level, which is the way to look at it to understand the problem, that it, it you know you can kind of imagine you know multiple versions of a person, but now think about it in like what the real world looks like, which is just a bunch of data. It's just a bunch of records, and there's and you don't know like you know it, it's all jumbled together. It's a whole bunch of people jumbled together in the record set, especially once you bring all those records together. Um, and so it's really, it really is like trying to find a bunch of needles in a haystack. Um, and you know, who, who is this person and, and, um, you know, how do we, how do I identify, you know, our unique individuals, uh, within all of these interactions we've had in data. Yeah. Um, and we'll touch on the derivation of, of truelty and what's, what's behind the name and sort of what the overall vision is, but you're absolutely correct. I think the challenge that exists today is that we are no longer brick and mortar. The world has changed. We've got mobile. We've got other ways that people will interact with us. We, we hire third-party companies to, to go out into the marketplace and help us generate uh, customers and generate activities. We've got our own internal marketing teams. And from a CFO, CEO, CMO perspective, the accountability is, are my marketing programs effective? That's mm -hmm. one side of this equation. The other side of this equation is, am I in compliance? So that's the other right. big driver that's pushing this forward. It's GDPR and CCPA, because the challenge that we have is, I have the right to say that I no longer want to be marketed to. Mm -hmm. And the problem that happens as a result of that is that you need to be marked as not to be marketed to Yep. But you as an individual may appear in three different CRM systems because of how you've interacted with our company. Right. And so the challenge is I want to be in compliance. I want to do the right thing, but I don't know that Jared exists in multiple places as 
personas that might not be all with the same email address or all with the same first name and last name spelled exactly the same because of how mm -hmm. the data happened to be captured at the time. And so and wasn't that one of our thing. first, that was one of our first deployments, right? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was done for a, a major cruise line and, and the challenge was big marketing system was being used multiple CRMs because there are multiple cruise lines that operate under the same, same parent uh, holding company. But you as Jared, who wants to go on a cruise may have taken cruises with the, all of the three brands or two of the brands. Right. And you also might've interacted with mailing campaigns and maybe, you know, phone calls or emails. And so you might appear 10 or 20 times across those systems. And so when you ask, a question or you make a request to no longer be sent an email. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't simply, but you're still receiving emails through your <laughs> other email. You think we didn't do our job properly. Yeah. We have, but because you appear multiple times, we haven't marked all the records as those that should not be marketed to. All right. And, and, and that is, I've been dealing that with that with another website, which will not be named, but it is very <laughs> annoying, very, yes. very annoying. Yeah. Um, you, you try to unsubscribe and they just keep going and keep going, you know? So, um, and, and if I remember correctly, they were trying to do this by hand. So they were, they had like an army of people trying to like hand find these folks in various systems to determine yeah. where they live. So the process today is all of us are, are living through this. You get prompted with a cookie preference and mm -hmm. what your preferences are. Part yeah. of the capability that those vendors also provide is the ability to unsubscribe. Yeah. And so that will generate the signal that comes in. And then mm -hmm. there's a group of human beings, smart, capable human beings who are relegated to doing searches, uh, phonetic searches and sound deck searches across databases to see if that because all they want to do is comply. They want to listen to your request. Every right. single company uh, certainly every company we work with wants to be in compliance, but the challenge is it's not as easy as the individual who's asking to unsubscribe thinks, because you may be in a third-party marketing system. You may be in a CRM system. You may be in multiple CRM systems. You're in an ERP system that refreshes nightly and then pushes your contact details back into the CRM and updates mm -hmm. and maybe updates your preferences. So there's lots going on there, and, and that certainly is a is, is a challenge that that Truelty solves today. Right, and then of course the other one is uh, the cost of that marketing event. Uh, like like if you actually are sending out mailers, and uh, where each mailer costs I don't know a dollar or less, you know they send nice stuff. So when you're sending stuff out to folks, uh, and you do have duplicates. You know, how, th does this help with that situation? Absolutely. And, and really, it, again, brings us back to that customer lifetime value cal uh, question, right. because ultimately where the CLV calculations come from, they come from mailing houses. Mm -hmm. So it was expensive to mail catalogs. And what people would do is they would want to understand who are my customers who are likely to purchase so that I don't send catalogs to individuals that are not likely to buy from me. And right, so we right. want to do calculations with recency, frequency, monetary amount. And so what Truelty does through the identity resolution engine is provides marketers an opportunity to see that Jared is represented as five individuals. 
so, uh, in various systems, and I will only send you one catalog instead of five. Right. So, and then, you know, the, the the amount of new data you're getting as an organization, like new onboards of customers, as well as new just, you know, data sets that come through, you know, this helps with that too, right? Because as you're onboarding these new customer names or new customers individually, you're able to attribute whether you've done business with them before in the past or whether these are people that are, are completely new to your organization. That's a great point because marketing and third-party organizations that are doing lead gen uh, campaigns out there, they're constantly bringing into the funnel new customers, new prospects that might be mm -hmm. interested in working with us. Some of those prospects are brand new. Some of those prospects are already in our system and they happen to click on subscribe not the unsubscribe, but to subscribe to a campaign. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. now we've got to update all of those five or eight records that yeah, now yeah. you're back. You're, you're, you said you want to be marketed to again. And so it, it's absolutely critical that you have this, this funnel of whether it's leads coming in or existing prospects that are already in your system. Um, the other side of right. it is, you know, the national do not call list and, and being able to leverage that as well as part of that process. Because mm -hmm. again, you may have phone number only on one of the records uh, and, or maybe on two of the records, but you might have unsubscribed only on one. So reconciling against the DNR list is also important, mm -hmm. the DNC list. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that has become very interesting and, and it's the things that we've seen as Truelty is a lot of folks are reaching out to us, wanting to partner with us because they do activation. Right, so these activation partners are very, very interested in in us. Can yeah. you speak to what activation? A little bit about activation, um, in terms of what what it is and what uh, why Truelty is a, is a fit for it. Yeah, absolutely. So today, um, the activation process is about reaching out to the individuals and then measuring the response rates that you're getting from that reach out. And reach outs can be in a number of different modalities. It could be email, it could be uh, SMS, it could be um, a mailing uh, piece that gets sent out to you and you are measuring the effectiveness of those activations. So act mm -hmm. the, the activation is the, the, the sending out of the campaign, but it's more importantly the response and the segmentation mm -hmm. work that we'll do afterwards. So when you're activating and you're sending an email to five versions, I keep picking on you, Jared, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Five, five versions of Jared and only one response. Is that a success? So I've gotten one out of five to respond to me. And so the challenge is I'm doing one of two things. I am bombarding you with five messages that are identical right. and you get annoyed. The other uh, issue is that I am sending a message to one, you're responding to it, but I think my campaign is only one fifth as effective as it is. And so having a clean list of who I can activate to becomes very, very important. And that's why activation vendors are, are absolutely excited about this. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about sort of how this fits into CDP. Does it replace CDP? Th those right. kinds of questions. But for activation vendors, having a clean uh, prospect uh, list is important, and that's what Truelty provides. It provides a clean list. So, so this is obviously not a new issue. We've been dealing with this issue for well over twenty years. So, uh, you know, um, how is it that organizations have been been you know 
dealing with this problem in the past versus, you know, what, you know, well, how, how have they been dealing with this, with this in the past? So today, what organizations have to do is they have to take data from their CRMs, take data that is part of their marketing list and give it to someone, give up your data, give up your customer data, send mm -hmm. it across to another organization to clean it up perhaps to enrich it as part of the process, but clean it up. And so this process of giving up your, giving up PII data, giving up your customer data uh, and giving it to a third party is how organizations do this today. They, they take their data and sign ex extensive contracts to protect it. I would guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sign, ex and, 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 but they have to give, give up that data. And, yeah. and so that, unfortunately, is the world of, of today. This is how it happens today. I'm sure there's some really nice uh, insurance policies that get written up for these, these kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> Just liability insurance. Yeah, it's the challenge is obviously data breaches. But even if we are fully protected from data breaches, the issue that we are able to solve is not only the fact that Truelty does not take the data, does not ever see customer data, does not even see... Uh, prospect data does not see any data whatsoever other than metadata. How much have we processed? How many records mm -hmm. uh, were duplicated? And those kinds of things. It runs into, Truelty runs entirely in a customer customer environment, customer-owned environment. Nice. And so as a result, you don't have to send the data out. That, I think, is the 10% of the value. 90% right. of the value is that it's your data that you can now use as part of your analytics platform, as part of your data science platform, as part of your pipeline, so that you can do more with this data because it mm -hmm. doesn't leave your organization. It stays in your own data centers uh, in terms of your, your, your cloud provider, your chosen cloud provider that you're using. Yeah, and I can imagine that if you're having this sort of interaction, that's sort of this back and forth situation, you're probably, you know, you're, the snapshots you're taking, this reminds me of the really early data warehousing days you know, the snapshots that you were taking are probably daily, uh, you know, weekly, you know, whatever your contract kind of agreement is, but it's probably pretty sporadic in terms of how quickly you're going you're to be able to resolve, you know, new records and whatnot. That's the other side of it. It's the scalability of this, of this challenge. So one is you're packing it up. So think about the process. You've got to pack up your data, mm -hmm. you ship it off to a provider. The provider has to unpack it. They have to load it into their systems. They have to conform it to their structure, their schema. They yeah. will run the process. Then they give you a file back. And then you've got to figure out what to do with that file. And so it's a back and forth process that's not mm -hmm. only error prone, but there are people that have a full-time job managing this, <laughs> this life cycle. <laughs> so so um, this kind of brings us to Snowflake. <laughs> and just, you know, uh, because uh, you know, Truelty is built on Snowflake. You know why? Why is why did, did Snowflake act as a as a place for that to happen? So obviously, you know the history and and, and your involvement with with sort yeah. of managing the the ecosystem. Um, scalability is big. Running code natively, uh, we're a Python shop, and so running code natively on on the environment was very very important for us. I think the other big thing is we've already built multiple projects that ran on Snowflake very successfully to solve mm -hmm. this particular problem. And right. so it was natural to turn this into, rather than a service, turn this into an engine, into a product 
that that people can deploy in in hours versus having to uh, engineer, architect, stand up architecture. Uh, Truelty today can be deployed literally in in, in hours. Yeah, in in uh, you know, and I look back at the past projects that Intricity had done on this. There's there's at least three implementations that that we had done on on identity resolution native to Snowflake, which I think was probably a big piece of this is, you know, look, we already have it here. We've shown that it, we've proven it can be successful. We've proven we can, you know, kind of make this happen without having to go outside of, um, you know, shipping data and, and whatnot. Uh, so, so let's just talk about, you know, the actual solution itself. Um, can you, can you tell us a little bit about sort of the architecture of it, how it's composed, um, or put together to, to, you know, make all this happen where it's processing locally and whatnot. Yeah. And, and I would say maybe just before we get there, yeah. just sort of the vision of Truelty. So Truelty is a combination of two words coming together, true loyalty. Mm -hmm. The idea is ultimately to be able to manage loyalty or loyalty like programs, because you've got access across brands and you can do segmentation, you can do data science, there's lots of exciting things that you could do. But today, this application is code as a service, if you will. And mm -hmm. so if you already are a Snowflake customer or you can create, put in, plug in a credit card number and create a, a trial account in about five minutes, that is all that it takes to stand up the environment. We deploy the code and we provide an instrumentation plane, an app that runs on, on, in the web, uh, in your browser. Um, and so what that app does is it interacts with your Snowflake environment to have a set of control tables. How many records have I processed? How many tables uh, have I defined? What are the column definitions? So we'll run data profiling there. But the entire platform runs in your own Snowflake instance. And so you could deploy Snowflake to Azure, AWS, or GCP. And so, or you, if you already have a Snowflake environment, we simply provide the scripts necessary to run this in your in your own Snowflake instance. Hmm. And and you know, so it is interacting with your Snowflake. This this app is interacting with your Snowflake instance. So can it see the 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 data? Like, is the app see the data? So we do not see any data whatsoever other than the metadata, how many records were processed and those kinds of things. And that metadata is stored in the customer's Snowflake environment. So they mm. can see what we see because all of those tables are, are open to them. The data that the customer brings, the only thing we will see is the column names and right. what those columns represent and what the definitions are of those columns. But we don't see any, any data whatsoever. Which means, I mean, the there's no crazy, you know, you don't have to have a trust model on, on whether we're going to uh, be careful with your data because we're not even seeing it to begin with. That's right. You know, it's not data even does a, not leave your environment. And that is a right. very important, important point. We, we don't move data anywhere. And that's, that's the other important part of this is you have an instance where you manage the data, you manage the, the, the files, sorry, you manage the tables that you would like to run identity resolution on, that can come from CRM systems, that can come from a variety of, of platforms. Um, it doesn't even have to be customer data. You could do identity resolution, as we talked about, on vendor data or other types mm -hmm. of data. But you're absolutely correct. It's a zero trust model because we assume 
and you see that we don't have any access to anything other than the metadata that uh, we deploy to your Snowflake instance. And and then, um, I mean, does it from a um, the perspective of administration and whatnot? Does all of this processing live with you know mixed with all the other processing that your organization's doing, or you know how how do you how do you manage that piece? Great question. So it's a separate set of compute, but it's also segregated. So when you deploy the Truality application into your Snowflake instance, we create roles. And again, you see the scripts that are executed on your Snowflake environment. You can review mm -hmm. them ahead of time. You can audit them. You, you know, there's nothing nothing hidden in that in that process. And so as a result, we will generate a role under which it will run. And so all of the queries and all of the processing can be segregated. So if somebody is looking at history or looking at other things, they, they're not having to see all of the uh, activity that's going on. But it does run in your Snowflake environment. And so it, it is all together, but segregated from a perspective of logical separation, certainly not physical one. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense because I mean I've seen the the query history of one of these runs and you know it's 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 a blizzard of queries, There's a lot of things going on and um, you know putting that in the history could be be uh, a little confusing for some administrators. Yeah, and and this is a challenging identity resolution is a mathematically challenging problem, and so we approached it from a again a data science from a science perspective. How do we solve this problem? Because the, the challenge is, if you have uh, a thousand records, you have to do a thousand squared, a little bit less than that, a thousand uh, yeah. times 999 comparisons if you're doing this <laughs> via brute force. And there's some today, you asked how people do this, if they have really small data sets, they might take 10,000 records and just compare them one to each other and, 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 and do, do those kinds of uh, uh, comparisons. We do a much smarter thing in that what the application does on Snowflake is most 90% of the, the, the code actually will execute on extra small nodes. So it does not use a lot of compute. But more importantly, we manage to scale out and scale up based on the volumes of records that you process. And we, you, you probably will talk about timing, how long mm -hmm. do the records take to process. But that's the, that's the thing that changes yet again the, the reason why this is so different. This right, processes right. and can be run several times a day, every 15 minutes if you so choose, because it is incredibly efficient. So tell me, tell me what the end result looks like. So, okay, so I've got, I've ran this thing. What, what am I going to see? You want the simplifying complexity. You want the intricity version yeah. of, the, <laughs> of, of, of the process. So <laughs> it's really simple. You give us, data that is duplicated, you've combined mm -hmm. it from multiple systems into one big table or a set of big tables that you would like to mm -hmm. run identity resolution on. What we will do is we will add a column at the beginning of that table that provides you the Truality ID. And so if you've got a billion records that you've processed and you have, let's say 49% of the records are identity resolved and, and show up as duplicated. Let's take the Jared Hillam example. You appear mm -hmm. five times in the data set. Mm -hmm. your, the keys that correspond to Salesforce, your SAP instance, your NetSuite mm -hmm. instance, your marketing system, those IDs are kept so we can always crosswalk and walk our way back. Mm -hmm. But we add an additional column that gets assigned a consistent Truality ID in the front. Uh -huh. And that ID is okay. the same across those five records. 
So when you run a join, you now know that Jared appears five times. You can very quickly see how many duplicated records you've got because you can, you can count the number of times the, the, that ID appears in your data set uh, because we do assign a consistent ID uh, as part of the identity resolution process. So, so okay. So you you said that ninety percent of the compute is uh, extra small. Hmm? Does is that something you uh, that is sort of a fixed? You know, you're gonna you're gonna you've got fixed processes that say you know okay, I'm gonna allocate all these ninety percent, or is it kind of deciding this as it goes along? It's the latter. So we've got an algorithm that knows how to scale up, uh, how how to scale across, and also scale up and just to define what is what is extra small somebody who might be listening to us today may not be a snowflake customer so they don't know what right, the size right, right. even indicates in snowflake uh, compute is defined in t-shirt sizes so it starts with extra small small medium large extra large and so on and the extra small is the smallest unit of compute that's available in snowflake for one credit and so and and billing in snowflake is per second after the first minute so the idea of running on extra small nodes gives us, uh, and we've done a lot of engineering work to make this happen by packing mm -hmm. packing data very tightly, by packing micro partitions to be uh, to, to 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 be very specific. Mm -hmm. We are doing a lot more in an extra small node than most people uh, <laughs> do when they run run Snowflake, and right. so all this means in plain English is it's incredibly cost effective. So. Mm -hmm. For arguably, it might be three dollars and fifty cents an hour, and so mm -hmm. if we're able to run in extra small for half an hour, it's half that price. So you're paying mm -hmm. for identity resolution, uh, you know, uh, less than two dollars. So a lot has been made of, because I, I, in in talking with the engineers on the the Truelty engine, a lot has been talked about with asynchronous processing, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, it, it, it's interesting because, uh, as we were attending the summit, I was really shocked at how few people really understood asynchronous, uh, inside of snowflake. So I think it makes a little bit of sense if we can talk a little bit about that, you know, what does it mean to run, uh, these queries asynchronously and, and how does that impact this? Cause, cause, you know, Truelty takes full advantage of asynchronous processing in snowflake. Um, you know, what, what does that exactly mean and, and how does it impact uh, the, the, the process and the query? So it's no different if you're familiar with multiprocessing in, in the way that CPUs process data. Mm -hmm. um, the query engine, the compute, the extra small node that we are referring to in Snowflake uh, is, is the warehouse. That's the, that's the technical term inside the Snowflake ecosystem. Mm -hmm. That warehouse is providing... Uh, capability to run compute, to run SQL on those workstations, on the on those nodes that are that are doing the processing. Mm -hmm. If we're submitting queries synchronously, we're lining up in a queue and waiting to be served. First mm -hmm. in, first out. Sort yeah. of like you line up at the movie theater. If we're still mm -hmm. able to go to movie theaters these days. <laughs> And so you're waiting until the person in front of you is already uh, has already been served. Mm -hmm. In an asynchronous mode, we know and we're able to calculate how we can saturate that compute so that it's working at 98% capacity. 
Mm-hmm. You're paying for that second. You're paying for that. Yeah, minute. whether you use it or not, you're hour, whether that. you use it or not. Right. And so <clears throat> Snowflake's nodes are multi-threaded, which means we can submit multiple requests at the same time, and they will get instead of queued, they will get processed in parallel. So mm-hmm. async is the ability to serve multiple requests at the same time. So we're saturating the compute node. We're getting more processing out. All it means is we're saving customers money, but also saving time and being very efficient in the way that we're leveraging the Snowflake ecosystem. Yeah, it was interesting talking with one of our engineers about async. And and one of the things he told me, he said, you know, Jared, the thing about async is that the application, uh, you know, the, the Python, if you will, it's in control of the queries. You know, That's right. it's sort of like, you know, Snowflake has this sort of standard mode that everything goes through and, and uh, uh, you know, where everything kind of runs in sequence. Um, but when you're going to run this via the Python application, you're given basically the keys to the kingdom in a way and just saying, and they're saying, look, you're, you're running this and you're in charge of these queries. So uh, it's probably not for the faint of heart in terms of the people that, uh, the amount of people that could understand how to run async is probably smaller than the the uh, as a part, probably a small audience out there. Yeah. I I don't know. I think a, a lot of people understand parallel processing and that the fact yeah. that you know if you're standing at uh, at a counter, you want to get served in parallel rather than in serial. Same yeah, thing yeah. with with these queries. It's just <clears throat> again, uh, Trulty's responsibility is as a solution that's powered by Snowflake it has to mean something. It has to, you know, these last eight years or so, uh, that experience and all the things that we've done in in being able to manage very large deployments for customers, we've learned a lot, obviously, about the ecosystem. And Mm -hmm. all of that has been brought to bear as part of the Trulty identity resolution solution. And there's obviously a lot of exciting things in terms of Snowpark and, and running Python natively and doing a lot of a lot more things. So there's certainly a lot more to come on, on the Trulity roadmap. So on the benchmark of it, you know, how many records are getting processed um, when you're when you're running it typically? Like like uh, you know, for like a million records, you know, what what are what's our duration? We're about six to nine uh, seconds per million records. Wow. Okay. So we're able to process about a million records every 10 seconds, uh, less than 10 seconds. Less than 10, yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, when you're talking billions of rows, it's, it's really significant that you can yep. get that much uh, throughput. And, so and that's how- really the key. Uh, it, it, we're no longer dealing with small data sets. So a quarter billion records, a billion records, uh, 10 billion records, these things can be done in in, in real time, and so yeah. it, there, there is a there's a lot of uh, excitement when you're able to take not just you know ten thousand records and process, but we yeah. have customers that are talking to us about a hundred thousand records, uh, and mm-hmm. those who are talking about uh, to us about uh, ten billion records, and so mm-hmm. obviously uh, Trulty can run in all of those use cases. Yeah, one one of the things that I think one of the innovations is a little bit on the licensing side because this world is very, you know, uh, per record centric. Um, wh- what's different uh, on that front? So as we spoke to uh, customers and also how we have always conducted ourselves, what's the right thing to do? 
How do we simplify complexity? What's the right thing to do? And so the approach that we we've taken with Trollty Identity Resolution Solution is that a customer uh, buys a, an annual license to run Trollty on their Snowflake instance, and it's a set uh, cost irrespective of the number of records that they've got. Yeah, which is amazing. I mean, this the the pretty much everybody out there is you know uh, you know charging a per record fee, which makes it um, you know. So and they're charging for storage and they're charging for yeah, moving yeah. data and they're charging for onboarding data and they're charging for all of those kinds of things. Again, <laughs> the problem of identity resolution is a really, really important problem. And so Trollty focused on building the engine. We mm -hmm. today don't do anything other than identity resolution. And where our focus will be, I, I mentioned roadmap, where our focus will be is analytics that are related to being able to do identity resolution. So it's predictive customer lifetime value. It's being able to do segmentation work. It's being able to do the data science that we wanna do on this data. Uh, customer journey, uh, customer marketing effectiveness, mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things become possible, but the customer owns the data. Yeah. That means that they can take their existing data warehouses and use the identity resolved schema to run analytics along with their transactional data immediately after they've done identity resolution mm -hmm. because it's co-located with the rest of their data. They can, they can run queries um, against transactional data after the identity, as I said, after the identity resolution step is done. Right, right. So where, where do you want to take it? Like what, what, are, what are some of the directions you want to take the, the you know, Trulty? What are some of the features you're excited about? Uh, that, that are coming down the road? So essentially this enables, instead of being locked into a hard-coded CDP, this enables CDP as a service and you could choose best of breed capabilities. Mm -hmm. You could choose an activation vendor and, and Trulty has partnered with three activation vendors already. You could choose to run analytics with another third party. Maybe you have already a data science team that, that you're working with. Where we would like Trulty to be today is enabling all of your identity resolution needs. Tomorrow, we are certainly focused on loyalty because loyalty is side by side with identity resolution. We're focused on, on doing data science type uh, capability, applying data science capabilities in enabling those inside of your Snowflake account. And so-, so This is going back to the 10 year old problem you were trying to solve. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. I, I, you and I have talked about this, you know, a startup, yeah. it, it takes uh, 10 years for an idea to all of a sudden be the idea that's, that's adopted. So this one has been incubating for at least that long. So the idea here would be that, that uh, somehow in that, uh, you know, first party, identity resolution, uh, that within that set, you could also, uh, identify customers, for example, that would have a propensity to, to be loyal. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I would be able to tell who is, uh, likely to come back next month and buy. So we do this today in non-contractual settings. So this is someone who is not, uh, a cable subscriber or a mobile phone subscriber because that's mm. a contract that's that contractual yeah, for a yeah. year 
but casual relationships, such as the ones that I am an e-commerce customer, I'm a brick and mortar customer. Who are my best customers and how likely are they to come back? Today, we're able to do that with much more precision because I now know that Jared is one individual and not five. So all mm -hmm. of that work that's been done now can be surgically precise instead of just being directionally precise. Yeah, and I would imagine that uh, just with some of the announcements that were made in the last summit with Snowflake that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of, I, I, I kind of get this impression there's going to be a lot of sort of applications that get generated on Snowflake. Um, and, and many of which may have this underlying assumption that, hey, I, I need, I, I am going to need some customer data that's clean or that has been identified, the duplicates have been identified. So I can imagine just even from a partnering perspective, you're going to have a lot of uh, situations there, just, uh, you know, cross tying their analytics with the unique Truelty ID that, that, that Truelty has. Yeah, and for first-party data, I, I think oh, there yeah. isn't anything uh, closely resembling what, what Truelty is doing. But it doesn't preclude us from bringing in uh, third-party data into the data set as well. So mm -hmm. once you've, if you've brought in that data, third-party data in before, so you've mm -hmm. enriched it, you've paid for all of those records, running identity resolution cleans that up. So next time you go and, and resolve, you no longer have to be doing resolution on those records. Again, the mm. data lives with you. You right. have it in your own uh, Snowflake instance. And so that opens up a world of possibilities with how you use the marketplace. It mm. opens up a world of possibilities of how you, you bring in uh, data uh, from your transactional systems. Because the goal is to get a 360-degree view of the customer. And right. if all you've got is just identity, it's the first step in, in the customer journey. Yeah, and I could imagine, just like you said, uh, if you were going to start a third-party relationship with a, you know, validating data against a, gra a graph, you could at least reduce the cost of that relationship by running this first and then, you know, sending to the third party, having them resolve against, you know, already de, uh, you know, deduplicated sets so that you're not just overpaying, you know, you, you're really paying just truly for all your unique records, not, not just, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you know, paying a ton of money for, for something that isn't necessary. And, necessary. and it, the elegance of this is in what you asked, what do you get after you run identity resolution? You get mm -hmm. a column that guarantees that those records are part of the same cluster, to be technical mm -hmm. about it. Do they mm -hmm. belong to the same cluster? And so this process of canopying and the process of uh, bringing up and striping the data and bringing the data across the, the, yeah. the multiple instances that's the engine, but the end result is a very simple structure that is your data structure plus an additional column that gives you the insight into uh, are they the same individual? And so, and you could adjust. You could adjust how you do the matching. You can some or, some organizations prefer to be equal. Some organizations mm -hmm. are okay if it's if it's more of a um, a fuzzier match and not necessarily yeah. an exact match. To Talk a little bit about the implementation process. So like, let's say someone wants to buy it. Um, what does that look like? Like, you know, go through some of the, those details with us. Certainly. So uh, a lot of customers are interested in trying it. So that process is also very easy. 
we can uh, deploy the code to your instance. You can run it for a set number of records. But in terms of the onboarding process, if you already have a Snowflake instance, we run through a prep step, a code review step of what we will be deploying. It's a, uh, a two-page document that basically describes the, the process and, and, and what we bring in. What the customer needs to do or the partner that's working with the customer needs to do or Intricity can do is provide the prep work to generate that one big table. Because ultimately, we need data that comes in. Let's say you've got three CRMs. You're going to have to bring in data from three CRMs, bring it all together, and then we can run identity resolution on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That configuration happens in the Truelty uh, HTML app. You define what your sources are. You define what the columns are, are, are like. We are leveraging everything that we can, squeezing every bit of processing that we can from Snowflake. So the first step is we will do a profile. We'll run a Snowflake profile on the data to help you figure out is this first name, is this last name, is this mm -hmm. a PII uh, column, is this a telephone number, is this an email address? And then you can tag those columns that are additional. Maybe uh, the names don't, don't uh, or the data doesn't immediately jump out. And mm -hmm. So you will define what, that, uh, what the columns are that you want to run identity resolution on. You will mark columns as already cleansed. So if you've already done some third-party cleansing, maybe you've, you've uh, an email address, you've gone back and you've validated that it's a good email address, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. use that as part of the, um, the engine's calculations. And you, you run the process. The only thing, the only additional thing that the customer uh, would have to do is we do not, because we can't see the data, you run your own scheduler. So if your scheduler is Airflow, Prefect, uh, mm. Cron, uh, whatever your scheduler is, uh, you, you would run that. You would set up a schedule of how often you want the identity resolution process to run. If you choose, you can run it from a command line. Um, so there's no requirement to have a physical scheduler in place. You could literally mm -hmm. have a, an engineer trigger it. But normally, customers will have a, uh, an enterprise scheduler that would, would uh, kick this off. Got it. Okay. So, that, so, and, and how long does it, like, if, let's just say you don't want to pilot it, um, you know, is it, is it a day long process to work together or is it just like an hour? So the process of setup is about an hour, maybe an hour and 30 minutes, especially if yeah. you've got uh, the, the right folks on, on, on the call and prepared. Uh, where the time goes um, is bringing the data from the source systems, and most customers have already done that, especially if they're shipping it to, to some third party. Um, and the other side of the equation is, what do I do with it? Once I've done identity resolution, how do I use it? And so that's another side of the implementation. But for Truelty and what Truelty is responsible for, um, it is the engine that resolves and does the identity resolution for you. And that process is certainly you know, less than two hours. We, we've so, done it in 45 minutes. Okay. So so uh, so the prep work prior to installing Truelty is we need to be sure that we've centralized that data into Snowflake, right? That's right. Um, and, you know, is that often a step that's that's already done? Or, I mean, you mentioned that if, if they've already started that, but, you know, what do clients need to do if that's not <laughs> the case? So there is a little bit of data engineering work. And again, as I said, either the internal team would uh, produce that 
file if they haven't produced it yet, uh, or that table if they haven't produced it yet. It, you would work with your existing partners who are helping you with your environment. You could work with Intricity to provide that. And so bringing that data together is really the first step. And that could okay. be done using CDC tools like Fivetran and, and, and others in terms of getting the data across into the Snowflake instance. Again, if you, assuming you haven't done that already. Right, right. Okay. So, so once I've got, but once I've got it, and most, I would say, I wouldn't say most, but, but, but a lot of Snowflake customers have already sort of taken this step of cent data centralization. Um, but if you haven't, that that's a, it's a good justification for, you know, getting the organization on board and to getting the, the data in. Um, so, all right. So I think, um, I think that's most of my questions where, where, um, um, where I wanted to take it. If, if people want to get started, where do they go? Uh, you know, how they, how do they get access to the application? It's truelty.com. Um, and, uh, you can, you can ask to, to have a phone call, happy to do a demonstration, uh, and get started. Um, so welcome okay. to, to, to those who are interested. We'll, we'll certainly follow up and, and help. And one thing I just wanted to mention before we we close it out too is, you know, Snowflake mentioned in their summit that they're going to have these embedded apps and things like that. So that is one of the sort of the directives that that Truelty is going after is to make it so that you could, you know, as easily as a few clicks, just have it uh, have it working locally. That that will be coming too. So even that one hour that it takes to do to do the setup will end up. Uh, you know, getting reduced down to just a just a click. So, that's right. That's right. We're definitely a solution that today runs 100% in in Snowflake, and the deployment process will get easier as the as, as those capabilities become uh, leave the the preview private preview and become public. Awesome. All right. Well, Arcady, thank you so much for uh, for taking time out to to uh, to go over that with us, um, folks. If you're if there's interested. Uh, in, in, if you're interested in looking at Truelty, it's truelty.com. And um, there's a, a demo button there. You can register to see a demo of it. Uh, and uh, looking forward to, uh, to chatting with you all soon. Thanks again, Arcady. This was fun, Jared. Thank you. All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks for catching Intricity 101. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And if you've got some stars to give, give us a solid five. And we'll catch you on the next podcast.